Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Shek. Yes, Thanksgiving is in the books. Week 13 of the NFL season is in the books. But you know what? I feel like we owe it to ourselves and to you, the listener, to kibitz about what was a spellbinding Saturday of football. College football, of course, is what I'm talking about. Yeah, we're going to get into all the NFL jazz as well. First of all, let's say hello to my main man seated to my immediate right, as always. Here he is from NFL.com and from NFL Fantasy Live. Adam Rank, what's the poop with you? And happy Thanksgiving retroactively. Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. And happy Thanksgiving to you. How was your holiday? It was grand. I had a, you know, had a, a the, this, nothing outrageous, you know, mm-hmm. did what you would expect people to do with their Thanksgiving. Watched Eat. football, ate a great deal, so on and so forth. But it was Had a couple of belts. Swell. A couple of belts, indeed. Yes. How what about do, yourself? What happens at the Damashek House? What kind of, when, it, when it's, when it's uh, Thanksgiving... What kind of booze comes slow? Because a lot of people go wine, but I'm 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 intrigued by it's wine. I'm intrigued by the the involvement of little kids, you know, mm-hmm. because the little kids, at least mine, as I remember, this is a debate that I was having. In fact, I rem- as a child when I was five or six, I remember being at Thanksgiving, and I don't remember rejecting the offerings and saying no, I want pizza. Right. But that is the way. Not just my kids, but I think a lot of kids now are. They just reject the food that you offer them. How dare they? And then you want to say, well, then then you don't eat, but then you can't, you know, then your you know, child service is going gonna, is gonna to show up at the door and, you Start know. knocking down. You're starving yeah. your children because they don't like your stuffing. You know, that's that's. Yeah, the whole, the whole notion of, like, we need to make some chicken fingers for the kid. No, no, no. The, chicken, the kid will either eat turkey it's and stuff. It's turkey and mashed potatoes. What's the dislike about that? All right, let's involve someone else who has many children running around his home. Of course, you know his work is he covers uh, all the college football players as they get ready to be drafted into the NFL. He's got one of the great eyes for talent evaluation. He's our pal at Move the Sticks on Twitter. It's Daniel Jeremiah. How was your Thanksgiving? It's fantastic. We did it. Uh, we did it at our house this year. So with my wife's family. So my wife is one of six kids. So it's uh, it was a full house. She has uh, three sisters, two brothers, or two sisters, three brothers, and a whole lot of kids. So you, our our house was you was hosted full. all them. We had we hosted everybody. Did anybody kick down? Does anybody like show up and like slip you a twenty? Because that's a lot of food that you have to. No, put no. Up. But this is the great thing about her family is they everybody brought like two or three dishes. Okay. So it was. I mean, there was tons of of leftover food, and it was it was convenient. Normally, uh, the weird thing is normally during Thanksgiving. You always have to like think up on like I would drive down to my family down at San Diego or we'll go over to somebody else in her family and, and I've never told my wife this, but I'm always trying to think of that, you know, what's the what's the escape 
reason today. Like, do we have something, you know? Right, something mm-hmm. in the back pocket. The, this, the, 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 the veteran move is to give a little extra sweets to your youngest child because that's going to lead to an upset stomach, <laughs> which is a oh, which is okay. a fast track way to, to end an evening whenever you want to get home and particularly you were watch a Ravens, game. but you were a Baltimore Ravens scout. Can't you just say, "Hey, I have to go. I have to watch the primetime game, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. It's a professional thing. You don't want to be bored." No, with but the what the other veteran move? Uh, not, not other, really. other than giving whippets to your kids. Yes, that's that's solid. But here's another. One. The, the other one. The other one is if you're doing Thanksgiving poisoning away, poisoning his children. If you're doing Thanksgiving away and you have a child that's young enough that still takes a nap. Oh yeah. What you want to do is while your wife's just rummaging around trying to get everything ready, get the food ready, and all this kind of stuff, you you find out that you know okay, he normally takes a two hour nap. Right. So an hour before you're supposed to leave, you on your own make the call and you you lay the youngest down for a nap. So then you go to your wife and say, look, well, you know what? You just take the other three, and as soon as he wakes up, we will be right over there. He wakes up. You know, you, you got time. Hey, hey, why don't you just get yourself ready? I'm just watching the game. Come downstairs. When, and, and next thing you know, you bought yourself an hour and 15, hour and 20 of extra. Clever. I have saved this podcast, everybody, for 360 <laughs> days or so from now and, uh, and use it then. And uh, also, the last guy joining us in Studio 66, he doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving because of his English heritage. He did participate in the pie-off. Uh, the second annual one last week, if you missed it, by Dan Hanzus, or rather the ladies Hanzus, his mother and uh, and wife. He won it with a bourbon pecan pie to beat the band. Daniel Jeremiah wasn't there. This guy from England was, and then he got to watch his Dolphins win a game on Sunday. It's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hello, handsome. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very festive, thank you, Dave, and, and congratulations to you all on Thanksgiving. You do a great <laughs> job with it. <laughs> we appreciate, appreciate it. Your congratulations, yes. From an outside, outside, outside perspective on Thanksgiving. I love that. It's good. I mean, Did you I, eat I like turkey? That. I ate turkey. I was in the office. I came here to work. Um, I, 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 they gave you free food, They right? gave us free food. But you refused I, it. No, I took it. I took the free food. I mean, well, partly because I like stuffing. We've talked about it before. I, you know, I'm with Dave and I thinking about opening a chain of restaurants called Get Stuffed, um, <laughs> where you can just eat stuffing. Um, uh, that's that's where we're sort of splitting hairs there. I feel like we should offer food stuffs beyond just stuffing. Mm-hmm. That would be weird if it, the only thing we had was stuffing. I think you could have the no, whole Thanksgiving so. dinner. Uh, I don't. I don't. Think, I think that's over the there's top. A, there, I no, think there's you're a doing chain too like much. That in the by, by the way, by the way, in the, in a correction here from something we did on our on our uh, our football preview show a couple weeks ago, and I was talking about pumpkin pie. I took a lot of heat on this for Twitter. It was a it was a friendly mistake here, as I said. On top of my pumpkin pie, I used the term Miracle Whip. Nobody wants Miracle Whip on their pumpkin pie. It was supposed to be Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Miracle Whip is like a mayonnaise. Oh, 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 I didn't yeah. even so, do the math because yes, I like the one people, out of the. I got a lot of people say that is how do you eat that? St- I mean, obviously, I meant Cool Whip. What was the cream that we had last week on Ready on Whip? Pie? Ready Whip. Okay. Ready Whip. I see Cool Whip is fine, but it has too much flavor in my book. I'll go Ready Whip. That's more right. like I don't know if I'm lighter. familiar with Ready Whip. You I think, know it. It's the it's a sh- oh the can. shake yeah. shake yeah yeah yeah. Cool Whip comes cool, out you of the scoop. You got it's a spoon with. Cool yeah. yeah, that's almost is a dessert unto itself, though. Too much. It tries to be the star when it's supposed to did be a guys, supporting uh, act. Last, last question on food: Did you have Jello, Dave? As much as you no, I don't. I told you, I'm I'm against Jello. One <laughs> as a grown up, two because they put the tiny marshmallows in it at Thanksgiving, or just fruit. No and no and no. You it, drop. Uh, you have, you make a Jello and then you drop a nectarine in there. Like what does that? What does that prove? Nothing. And I'll tell you, but that talk of fruit, tangerine. Used to be a bowl game, the Tangerine Bowl. Now we're mm-hmm. into college football. See, nice. do, you see, do you see how sharp a transition? Could have gone now? Peach Bowl on that if you yep. wanted. But yeah, true okay. enough. All right, let, let's uh, let's go Iron Bowl and talk about Auburn Ooh, nice. and Alabama. And right out of the gate, DJ, I know you were watching. I said we have to talk. I said black tie behind the glass, the producer behind the glass. I said we must. As sports fans address this game, that's the signature event of the weekend, maybe of the month, and one of the great events of 2013 at least. Black Tie said, this is an NFL show. Let's talk about that after we get through pro football. I don't understand. 
what is it with people who love the NFL but haven't the interest at all in college football? Don't you care about at the, on some level? Don't you like to see the guys that your team is going to draft coming up? Don't you want to watch for that? And by the way, the bands are so cool. The, the, you know the 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 vibe in college stadiums is large, and not not across the board in NFL stadiums, but. It, the atmosphere in college ball generally is better than in NFL stadiums. Mm-hmm. Are you interested in that, handsome Hank? Do you sit around and watch college oh, football? Oh yeah, I oh, love it, do. and I've got to actually. You know, if you, you, I know that you love to harp on about the fact that I'm not from here. So on Saturday afternoon, a friend of mine who lives in LA, who's a Brit, uh, was at my house. We we were drinking um, some um, soft drinks. And the, the game was on, and uh, he doesn't know an awful lot about football. Obviously, knows where I work. I, I make I, I make that public, but um, he was sitting and watching. So first of all, as he sat down, there was the ninety-nine yard touchdown pass. So he's like, "Wow, does that happen often?" And then it played out the rest of the game, all the way through to that incredible finish. And he was like, "This is, this sport's incredible." Is this, does this happen in every game? And it was pretty much the first you know, prolonged block of football, I would say, he's watched. He is now addicted. Oh, very uh, nice. The Iron Bowl did it for him. Well, first of all, let me... Go ahead. Black Tie, are we allowed to talk about the ending of the Iron Bowl without giving a spoiler <laughs> alert? Wanted to make sure that was... It's been closer. 48 hours now. But in, uh, in Great Britain, do they have, uh, for the universities, do they have, you know, sides that the teams... That, like, that, well, yeah, no, well, okay, yes, Playing football, yes, there but, is, I but mean, no one's doing that. I, would I played, think Notre I played Dame rugby. Is the natural. I played rugby at university. Oh, is it big? Like, is no, 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 no. I would, rugby like the most people fo- would be maybe like two hundred people okay. watching. There certainly isn't ninety thousand people right. um, uh, watching you watching you play. Gotcha. Oh, I thought you were asking, do, are there fan bases for American college teams? No, I, mean, I would no, think Notre Dame. No, for no, no, college no. sports, yeah. generally. Not, like college not sports. Not anything. even com- comparable in any um, way. All right, DJ, let's talk about the game itself, yep. what it means, and the, the grand Saturday in general. One, I loved Brady Hoke going for two there. I thought that was a, a smart play there. Two, UCLA and USC both wearing their home jerseys, always divine. By the way, that was an idea – I don't think it's an idea, but you brought that back. And you I brought you Pete Carroll and, uh, Rick, and, and Rick Neuheisel together on the telephone back uh, when I was doing a radio show at ESPN. I brought them on the phone together, and they agreed to, to, to wear the jersey Do they still simultaneously. Get a no, they don't get a penalty anymore. Now okay. it's allowed to do it. But, yes, I brought that together. It's a foot. I'm a footnote in history. But you know what, Rank? I don't care because it makes your eyeballs happier. It makes all football fans' eyeballs happier. And well, for Moore, that, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. That's and Jim Mora addressed it after the game, talking about how cool it is that both teams are wearing their home He didn't jerseys. mention me, though, did he? He did not mention your name. No. And, I'm a, and you guys were colleagues. Yeah, yeah, that's right. For a time. Um, DJ, here's what I say about this game. Auburn beat Alabama. Alabama is a very good team. They are not some unbeatable juggernaut team, though. So the assumption that Alabama is so good and what a victory. Auburn, I mean, Alabama was good, not as good as they've been over the last couple years, in my opinion. And two, the notion that Auburn now deserves a shot over Ohio State, assuming Ohio State beats Michigan State, is ludicrous to me. And and it's not even because Auburn fluked its way past Alabama the other day, but then previously on the fluky play Georgia. two weeks before, that was also a, a ridiculous play. And I don't care if Missouri beats uh, Auburn. Either one of those one-loss teams. They have one loss. This is a BCS school, BCS conference, Ohio State in the big team. You can't put, you can't dump them. This isn't like Boise State or Fresno State running the table. This is a BCS conference. You must Kinda. put the undefeated team in there. How say you? I agree with you 1,000%. If, if, win, if winning 25 Five straight games, which Ohio State will do if they beat Michigan State, They'll have won twenty-five straight games. I don't know how you keep them out of. Like, you put a one-loss team in ahead of them. Okay, Auburn. I know the SEC. I know. I know. Okay, they beat Washington State by seven. It's points. a down year. Play That's Arkansas, exactly right. They Arkansas barely State, beat Wazoo. Western Carolina, Florida Atlantic. I mean, uh, just come on. This team. Well, how do you- a seven-point win over Wazoo over the uh, over the mediocre Washington State Cougars. This is a team that should be playing for the national title. The, the SEC has been great. It's a down year for yeah. it. I don't know why everybody but, refuses to accept that this but year. But you mentioned it, Boise State. They would go undefeated. They would go yeah, seasons this is the of Big being Ten. Undefeated. This, this is this isn't the whack. Yeah, it it's is completely close. different. Uh, right? Michigan State would. If you take the jerseys off, if you put Fresno State jerseys on Nebraska, you would not know the difference. 
Okay, I don't want to talk about Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska's that's a whole a different big, deal. That's my, a big my, 10 my, team. Okay, so all these all these great wins that they have in the in the SEC, these great wins. Okay, how how good is Texas A&M right now? Really? Ma- they're the how, reigning oh, Heisman oh, Trophy okay. winner. Yeah, okay, they just lost again the other night. So and they have no of, defense. They have no defense. Ole Miss. They're, LSU they're, they're, has they're, no they're offense. They just lost to Mississippi State. They're a 7-5 and five team. They played Georgia with with half the, with their team depleted, so they have one. They beat Alabama, which is a phenomenal win. That is the one marquee win for that football. That game. is it. One, they have one, one really good win, and which is one more than Alabama has. Alabama beat nobody lost. all and year. This, uh, the this, idea that they deserve to be number one is based on what they had done over the previous years. It had nothing to do with twenty thirteen. And this is the other thing. Look, let's let's get away from thinking about the old traditional Big Ten. Ohio State, since Urban Myers got there, they have more. There's more NFL players rank on Ohio State than there is at Auburn, and it's not close. Four is that of, right? Four of Ohio State's five offensive linemen will get drafted. The quarterback is an erratic passer, but he's he's a better. I mean, the guy the guy I love Marshall the way he runs at Auburn, but Braxton Miller is a better athlete than he is. Braxton Miller is going to run four three. They got Devin Smith, the wide receiver. When he's eventually able to come out, he's going to be a top two round pick. The running back Hyde, when he comes out, is going to be a top two round pick. Shazier, their linebacker, when he comes out, is going to be a first round pick. Roby, their corner, is going to be a first round pick. This team is loaded with NFL players, and, and I think they'll give Florida State a better game than people think. I agree with that. One, Urban Meyer has a nice track record in bowl games. He's seven and one in his career. Obviously, he did well two BCS title games. Won both of those. Look at what his Utah team did to Pitt in what was considered a big game for them. He consistently turns out uh, good performances from his teams in bowl games. But beyond that, philosophically, this idea that Ohio State doesn't belong in there just completely corrupts the system that's in place. I know it'll be gone a year from now. We'll have the four-team playoff. By the way, Auburn, I mean, Alabama would be in it right now. The, the idea that they would have uh, missed out is, is silly. And don't sleep on the chance that Bama still finds its way into this stinking BCS title game this year. Here's how. Michigan State beats Ohio Ohio State this weekend, Missouri beats Auburn this weekend. Oh, people will start looking at that. What? Who's better, Missouri or Alabama? The I don't know what influence the networks have or anything like that, but do you think that anybody who has some ability to be subjective, what game do you think they find more appealing? Yeah. Florida State-Bama or Florida State-Missouri? Of course they'll try to make Bama be the one that happens. And this there. would be the, that would be the second time that Alabama doesn't win their own division yeah. in their own conference and would still get into the national And one more thing, about, okay. and one more thing philosophically about uh, about that is the idea that Ohio State doesn't get to go that, that it's what's the eyeball test. You know, even if you d- disagree with DJ and you're wrong if you do in terms of uh, <laughs> personnel evaluation, but if you say, "Oh, I, I with my eyeballs I can just see that Auburn would smoke that uh, Ohio State team." Even if that's 100% true. So what? That's not the system as it as it is. It is the soap opera of every week you lose a game you lose control of your destiny that's not the way it's set up that auburn well i can tell by looking at them that they would beat them ergo you have to put auburn in over ohio state rubbish same thing i look who was the best team in the nfl two years ago the packers did that mean that they got to play for the championship no you go down at the wrong time then you're out of it you go undefeated there's no question about whether or not you get to be in it i'll sign off on all that okay i'm not going to argue that point However, Northern Illinois is undefeated, correct? Different situation. Why? I mean, well, why does the why does the Big Ten? If Northern wait, wait, hold on. Why does the the Big Ten has been blown out in bowl games or big time bowl games for years? If you want to play this game like undefeated team, they've done what they can do. Northern Illinois has done everything they can do. They don't. They do not get a chance to go. Uh, Nebraska backed out of a game against them because they knew they would lose. These teams won't play them, and now you start this exclusionary little group about like, well, you know what? We're we're not going to let this team come in and prove itself, but we're going to keep them. Up. The only thing they can do is win all their games, and I'm not saying you'd put them in over Florida State. You would not put put them in over Ohio State, which is, I agree. Okay, fine. The bigger schools undefeated, fine. But you talk about these one loss teams. Northern Illinois can only win who's on their schedule. Same thing you're talking about Ohio State. The similar argument get, can be made for them. They, they I don't be mean I don't think you're I don't think you're outrageously wrong. But I'll just go back. <laughs> I'll default to to the position I said previously, which is the BCS conferences are the BCS conferences. Therefore, if you are considered whether you think it's a flawed assessment or not, when that was formed, it is these are the powerhouse conferences. Therefore, they are kissed into this. That you can't now 
change that aspect of it and say, yeah, but that BCS conference is a little down this year, so we're going to ignore the rules that we have in place. There was no rule that ever said that Northern Illinois is a BCS school and therefore we'll get uh, – I mean, they, I agree with you. It would have to be a sublime season and things would have to break just right for a team like that to get in there. It's a, I understand that it's semi-unfair, but at least – that uh, it doesn't go against the system in place that would uh, that would happen if you replace the Buckeyes. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't even think I don't even think it's fair for Boise State to compare Northern Illinois to Boise State because Boise State during those years where they were undefeated, mm-hmm. they were winning at Georgia. They were winning on a neutral field against right. Virginia Tech. We saw Northern Illinois step up in the Orange Bowl last year and got the brakes beat off them by Florida right. State. Wasn't even they didn't belong on the same field as them. It was but if, it but was if, a joke. But if you use Boise the, State. Every time beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl, they 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 were their program was on such a different level, producing so many NFL guys. We're talking about first round picks, of course, at key positions, defensive line, running backs, everything else. That, that Northern Illinois is not even remotely belong in the same discussion as Ohio State. Ohio State would beat the brakes off Northern Illinois. But that's but that again though. But then you're using this. Well, they've looked bad. They looked bad in the Sugar Bowl last year, and that's the argument that SEC fans are using. Like, look, you've seen what Ohio State has done in the past. Why should we this give is Urban them? Meyer? This is not this is not Jim Trussell and a bunch of you know stiff Midwestern boys. They got a bunch of Florida athletes on this I'll, team. I'll, I'll tell you what would change the perception right now Let them is if Notre Dame. No, I was going to say this about the Big Ten. This thing that everybody's just uh, accepted that the Big Ten is garbage and therefore, and the SEC is magical and therefore. SEC second or third place team should definitely be ahead of the Big Tens. If Michigan State hadn't lost a game that's very questionable, some of the calls that were happening against Notre Dame early in the season, if Michigan State, they only have one loss. This is a top ten team right Wisconsin, now. Right. Wisconsin got royally screwed against Arizona State. No, Arizona State team no, that's a no. top 12 that's team in the country. Right. That's, that's absolutely that. right. But Michigan State, if they were undefeated the right now, the, the, the perception of this be. Big Ten championship game would be so massively different right now. You would have two undefeated teams. They be on equal standing too, and you would the conversation would be whoever wins that one gets the shot at Florida State. Now it's kind of like if Ohio State can somehow get through this game, as though Michigan State is some uh, random mediocre team is I, is nonsense. That I, they they. The, the win still is going to be impressive because Michigan State has among the best defenses in the country, and Ohio State has, uh, as we know, they don't have a great uh, defense themselves. It's going to be a fascinating game on Saturday. Either way, if Notre Dame, even the, last year Notre Dame was a factor in the BCS title game. No mm-hmm. one thought Notre Dame, by the way, was the second best team in the country. Well, That's the way the cookie crumbled last year. This year, Notre Dame has a massive influence on this one because potentially of Michigan State losing that game that Ohio State might get slept on only because Michigan State doesn't well, look as good. Can we, can we just talk about the most important hold thing? On, hold on. Let me, the one thing I just want to – the thing I enjoy about it is somebody who grew up – not grew up, but somebody who enjoyed watching those Boise State teams and being upset when they were not included – I'm kind of enjoying. I kind of want Ohio State to not get in to be like, see, this is how no, it you feels. Know, you know, this is what this is how it feels. Like it's not. It's not fun, is it? Well, I don't know how Jordan Lynch. I do think the one thing is the University of Illinois should be ashamed of itself. How did Jordan Lynch <laughs> in their state get away to Northern Illinois? They've, oh man! Well, however, the rest of that Shut team would translate. I can't imagine Jordan Lynch wouldn't have been a factor on on the <laughs> Illini. Hey, Black Tie behind the glass. What are you so shaking your head and upset about? What gives? I did not realize we were doing the college football. 24/7 I knew. I knew he was going to Oh, why do you get so? Which, upset? by the way, if you want to listen to DJs on that every week, so I Matt love Money it. Smith, Bucky Brooks, every I, Wednesday. I love you. talking college football. I'm not allowed to talk about it with DJ while he's here. Let me ask you: Is it the Dave Damashek football program or pro football program? Where is there? Ah. Football, bitten football. by your own snake, black tie. What was the thing you wanted to talk about, DJ? And no, then we'll move on. No, I'm, I'm kind of. Oh no, this is what it was. The, my whole point from the whole weekend, the, okay. uh, my, the biggest takeaway, is who, who in the world, like pulls out a cell phone and videotapes their relatives, ah, for, fake for their reaction, fake, right? Some of those what at is, least. Come on, that can't. Those can't all be legitimate. Those have There's to no be because well, everybody has TiVo now, especially with re- DVR. Everyone has DVR. Now. Of course, DVR. everyone right, right, rewound. Yeah, you, know you know what's going to happen, so then you go, "Oh, I know what's going to." happen. What do you think? What do you? What do you yeah, exactly. Do you? I think do, it's are weird. We, I think it's weird. It's so this weird what, how is, desperate is, people are to to, to 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 vend that stuff out to yeah. see if no, anybody will watch it on YouTube or whatever. I hate the individual stuff. It looks. I don't know. Maybe it isn't phony. It looks weird to me. Some of it. What I love the reaction. The best reaction stuff is the stuff that people do inside a bar 
Because you know yeah. that's yeah, legitimately yeah, that's what's going on. Like when App State beat Michigan, all the time I'll go on YouTube and uh-huh. I'll look at the videos inside like bars in Columbus or in, in Happy Valley. They'll show the reaction of these fans watching you know, them beat oh, Michigan. And it, it's, it's phenomenal. If you haven't done it, go on YouTube and watch it. But that's like an authentic right. reaction. That's a great point. And, you know, uh, that, that, that's true. But, yes, I was thinking all weekend, what fakery is this? Mm-hmm. There's no way. I mean, one thing if it's Alabama and you're trying to make uh, an impossible-to-make yeah. field goal and you're marking that in history – I mean, Auburn, I, 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 fans, I, Auburn fans are going to videotape Alabama same. kicking a 57. That's exactly yard right. That's how you know it stinks because there's a, you know that it's it's fraudulent. What Auburn but fan a on a 57 yard field goal takes out their cell phone? Let's capture this moment forever. Well, you wouldn't do that. There's no reason you would videotape. Did you that. not think that that was a possibility that Auburn I, it, was? Con- I, I honestly, can, I, I can tell you honestly, it really did occur to me. Auburn better be smart and put a guy back there to try and return it. Because I remember when the Ravens did it, maybe what six, eight years ago right. on a Monday Cromartie, night football Cromartie game. Cromartie 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 did it against the Vikings. Yeah. Against oh, right, the Vikings yeah, he did. But yeah. it was Chris, um, the uh, the old uh, corner for uh, Chris Canty. No, not Chris Canty. Chris McAllister yeah. did it uh, in a Monday night game, or maybe it was a Sunday night game, maybe six or seven years or so ago. So I did think to myself, they uh, on this they really should drop somebody back there on the off chance and can try to return it CFL style. But uh, yeah. but yeah, no, no, Auburn fans did not think let's video. I think that they're fake. No, I'm I agree, with you, DJ. I agree. The best video reaction shot from a bar though was from the past Stanley Cup. When the when the uh, Blackhawks scored those two goals against the Bruins and they showed it from one of the Chicago bars, look up that one. That's one Solid. of the best. All right, I gotta do that. All right, so that's that. Well, I'm look Black up the tie. I'm sorry statements. we talked about college football for so long. It bored you. Be honest with me. Let's, I don't care. Let's, let's just move on, guys. It's fun. The whole let's show bored. Uh, yeah, that's true. All By right, the way, well, when's he joining the Around the League podcast? Because I heard their producers leaving. Is that true? Uh oh! I don't know if we what can have, have that. What have you dug up? I don't know if we can have that. If Bla- Black Tie is just going to be the key no, no, no. figure on, no, he's going to go to that one. We're going to get somebody new. Oh, is that is that oh. like a Sarkeesian hire? What is that? I Black hope so. Tie? What do you think about viewed? that? I, I kind of like it actually. I think I think it makes sense. I think let's it, talk. Can, can we just have a let's do nine more college football topics <laughs> just so we can. Chris Peterson is never leaving Boise State, and I I love it every year that no matter who the BCS school it is that fired their coach, always believes Chris uh, Chris Pe- Chris Peterson is not leaving Boise. If you look at what happened to Hawkins, if you look what happened to Dirk Cutter, both those guys left for pretty good programs: Colorado, Arizona State. Programs you think you'd be able to make into national powers, and both of them flamed out. I think Chris Peterson realizes, like Mark Few and Gonzaga, realizes, you know what? I got it pretty good here. Even in an eight and four year, things still looking pretty good. I'm going to start calling that, like, because I do this a lot in my life. I don't know if you guys do it as well. I'm going to start calling it a Peterson because a lot of times you meet somebody you don't know that well. Hey, you know we need to hang out some. Absolutely, let's 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 get together sometime. Would love would love to hang out with you. Okay, no, it's never gonna happen. <laughs> right, that's funny. Except if you Peterson, me. wait a minute, he does that to me all the time. He's been promising me a Miguel's Junior burrito for about the last year. Oh, you know, hey. uh, Vernon Davis got uh, Peterson the other Ooh. day too. Um, hey. Um, so, yeah, so Sarkeesian, the only thing I'll say is I, I don't know what he is as an X and O guy, but if I'm USC, that's all I care about. The idea that I need a recruiter, what are USC, what's USC going to do now that coach Ed Orgeron, he's such a great recruiter. It's Los Angeles. That what kid in California isn't going to want to go to USC, save a few UCLA guys. Like, they own recruiting in the West Coast. Of course, Pete, it's, it's not going to be a problem to get the kids. I want the best X and O guy I can possibly get. Is Sarkeesian that, DJ? Well, I'm just looking it up right now. Washington has the number eight offense in the country this year. They're averaging over 500 yards a game on offense. So he knows what he's doing on the offensive side of the ball. He knows how to develop quarterbacks, made Jake, help make Jake Locker a top-ten pick. Um, he's done a good job with Price, the kid they have there now, and he's done even a good job with his young backup. So he knows how to do offense. He knows how to develop quarterbacks. That's huge. The one thing Washington hasn't had is offensive linemen and really even some big-time defensive linemen. Well, you can get those kids at USC that you were not going to get up at Washington. So I think he's going to have his pick of one of the top quarterbacks every year in recruiting. I think he's shown he can develop those guys, and I'll think he'll, he'll get the offensive lineman. And he's got three guys on his staff that I know of you know, pretty well that are stud recruiters, that we're getting a lot of Southern California kids, some really good players. Is in Lane Kiffin kids. one of them? 
No, no. But um, so th- look, they're not going to USC sells itself. They're going to have good recruiters there. They're not going to miss Ed Orgeron as a recruiter. That's way overblown. And this guy knows how to develop quarterbacks. So I think I think it'll work. Now the one thing is they have one more year where they, this year they can only sign nineteen guys. Right. And then after that, I think you'll see this thing start to ramp up. I think you'll I think you'll do a good job there. Um, winning, but winning the press conference in free agency. And in hiring coaches is the most overrated thing. Don't get caught up worrying. The, I completely the agree with that. Nineteen-year-olds trying to hold the the university hostage. By I'm not going to go there if you get rid of him. All right, are you really going to not go to USC? Where are you going now at this point? That you're going to you're going to jump ship and change your life's trajectory to send the message to Pat Hayden or whoever else. <laughs> where does Orgeron go? Well, I, I say this. The rumors have begun that Jim Mora is going to go to once the Washington job. If that happens, then it's got to be. you got to complete the musical chairs, and uh, Ed Orgeron has to become the UCLA coach. <laughs> be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. It's very doubtful. All right, enough. Black Tie and, and Handsome Hank, for that matter, are both near... Are you somnambulant? somnambulant? No, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in... Somnambulant. DJ. Geno Smith. Let's talk about a coaching Oof. decision. Rex Ryan has announced that <laughs> it is going to be Geno Smith. In his defense, what's he supposed to do? Matt Sims? That's not an answer. It's Brewster's Millions. David Garrard? Yeah. Brewster's Millions. What does that mean? Who are you going to vote for? None of the above. Thank you, Rank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because I, I resent Brewster's mi- Millions. I've talked about this many times. I don't like... That it's a flawed premise. That it's movie. It's a great movie. I don't want to hear it's it. A, yeah. It could be. Wait, hold on. It is not spoiler a great movie. Alert. Spoiler alert to all this video. Well, wait a second. Black Has Black Tie seen it? No way. Well, there's no chance. Has he's Black Tie heard of it? That's, that's not even. What do you think it's about? <laughs> yeah. What do you think Brewster's what do you think Millions is about? And who stars in it? Ask him that. That's a great question. Black Tie. What's it about? First of all. Title again. Brewster's Millions. Origin. What? Origin. This isn't the spelling bee. Yeah. What do you mean origin? Have you watched Brewster's Millions? There it is in a sentence. All right, I say, I say, it's about a big shot on Wall Street. Uh huh. Starring that I do not know. Well, you got to throw Have a name a out there. Guess. Um, eighties, eighties movie. Mm-hmm. Philip Hoffman. Philip Hoffman, who would have been would probably have been nine years old. In, in <laughs> well, I mean, him opposite might, John Candy wait, in that yeah, movie would might have been be awesome. In it. Who knows? He yeah, might he have been I like that Black star. Tie refuses to mention the middle name of Seymour. He just yeah. goes Phil Hoffman. Phil <laughs> Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like when uh, Charlie Sheen did he right when he took over the Spin City. He was mm-hmm. on. He was on the uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And they wanted to do the phone a friend, and he's like, "Oh, we got to call Mike Fox." He didn't go Michael J. Nice. Fox. He's like, "I got to call Mike Fox." That for whatever reason stuck. Oh, you got to go. Reason. You got to yeah. If you're ever anywhere close to uh, to to the uh, um, uh, orbit of Robert De Niro, you you got to go, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> was I inti- was I intimidated walking in the first day to to work with the great Robert De Niro? Sure, I was, but Bobby is such a generous performer. <laughs> it's, it's really exciting. He takes chances. Um, anyway, so DJ, what do we think about? Well, Brewster's Millions is flawed, by the way, for this reason, because the whole premise is you have to spend thirty million dollars in a month, and yet they never have a scene. And it would have taken thirty seconds for it to happen. Uh, the, the 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 deal is it's a uh, an inheritance thing. Can't have any assets at the end of the month. Can't yeah, have you it. Can't you have, have to spend. Here's thirty million dollars. Mm-hmm. If you spend it all successfully, then you get three hundred million dollars. That's the premise of the of, of the movie. Fine. It's fun to see if you, you can can't spend bet it all on. You, on. you can't bet it all either. Right. It was what part you, of the premise. Here's what they don't say. Though. They did say that. All they you say can't you go, can't you say. Can't, all you have to do is walk up. The, all you, oh, listen. I, hey, I dropped my pen. Pick that up. I'll give you $30 million. No, he said, no. he said you can't, that, no. you can't go you buy know? a Hope Diamond for some right. bimbo yeah. either. See, that that's the, that the thing. The they did a remake with Adam Jones. And he walks into the strip club, and he just starts making it rain. <laughs> 30 million times. Adam Jones. I was thinking, who is the Pac-Man actor? Jones. Adam Jones. Um, all right. You so- want to be on a first-name basis with Robert De Niro. He wants to be on a first-name basis <laughs> with Pac-Man. I, I just know him as Adam. I'm sorry. <laughs> was I nervous the first day I walked into the Bengals locker room to play in the secondary with, uh, Adam. with, a- with, with Pac-Man Jones? Sure I was. But Adam is such a generous <laughs> teammate. Um, Literally. So, so listen. 
let's talk about Gino quickly. What yep. do you think about Gino's? What are they supposed to do? What did you think he was going to stink coming out of school? Look, he was my highest rated guy. I had him as a 24th, I believe, overall player in the draft. So I thought he was kind of a late first round pick, but I stated all along. I thought he needed to sit and learn from the sidelines. He's not ready to play right now. And that's kind of played itself out so far. I mean, coming out of the offense, he was at at West Virginia. It was going to be a big adjustment for him and he's not ready to play. And it's, it's pretty obvious to anybody that's watching their games that he's really struggling. And I know there's a theory, well, you just got to play your way out of it. Well, I've been around other situations where you've seen a guy struggle and, and leaving him out there wasn't a good thing. So Yeah, but, you always hear that about baseball kids. You hear that about a lot more, too, is is don't put him, don't bring him up to the majors yet because it'll shatter his his, uh, his confidence and everything. So you, so you buy that because I oh, do yeah. sort of doubt that. Yeah, so what? So you so you ascribe in the offseason, you, you write it off to, yeah, you're a rookie. Yeah, of course, this was going to go miserably. We all knew that. So mm-hmm. what? Now let's uh, build on it. I, I find it hard to imagine that, that you lose your swagger. Black tie behind the glass loves the body language. He did foresee that Gino was going to struggle because of bad body language. But. <laughs> you know what? That's what I'd love to have happen. Have our body language experts judge the body language of black tie during ah, one of our podcasts. Wow. Ooh, if we talk about college football, it'll be really Because his body language... It really, right now, brings, no it really brings the show down when he's sitting just so slumped in his chair. I've always been Almost. a doubter. I've always said I don't think that Cam Newton last year putting that towel over his head I, and at the postgame press conferences, I always thought, who cares if you're a Panthers teammate? What does that matter? But now I understand a little bit. Watching Black Tie behind the glass during our college football discussion, it is dispiriting. It's like a gut yeah. punch looking up to see and the producer's just shaking his head out of boredom. Yeah. Now, now I understand what that must have been like to be on the Carolina Panthers last year, to have your leader not yeah, interested. You know, it's it, it's you tough. Know. Well, you look like, down to your third base coach, and you want to get the signs, and yeah. he's just looking up the in the stands. The coach has just given up. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, he's eating yeah. a hot dog. On out Facebook. Of <laughs> I, I saw that look a lot when I played baseball. Nick Foles <laughs> is setting the world on fire. Yeah. In fact, I saw a stat that if he threw 50 straight interceptions, his uh, quarterback rating would still be higher than Geno Smith's cold case file him for us there. When you were scouting, did you look at Nick Foles and say, this is an above-average NFL starter? How did you see him? I did not see this coming, guys. I mean, I, I'm looking at my report right now. I have a, I gave him a fourth round grade. I was in, you know, I was covering the West Coast in Philly when we drafted him. Right. So uh, we ended up taking him in the third round. Uh, Coach Reed was his was his biggest sp- supporter. I mean, he really believed in him. We were targeting Russell Wilson, and then he went before we picked. So we ended up taking Nick Foles. Uh, I mean, I love the size, the intangibles. Looking at my report, uh, I, I thought that you know you love the poise that he had. But I thought he was kind of a guy that can get you through a small stretch of games. I wasn't convinced that he was going to be a surefire NFL starter. I thought there was potential for that. But to, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very surprised. What's his arm strength? I thought it was okay. It's not. He's got. He's he's kind of weird because he can throw the ball a country mile. But velocity-wise, there's some games you watch him and you see him. I see that. Yes. It up, and then there's other times you watch and the ball kind of dies. So. Kind of tricky. At his pro day, ironically, it was horrible weather in Tucson. It was raining. It was windy. He threw it terrible. Huh. Didn't throw it well at all. And that kind of turned a lot of teams off. Um, but, hey, the, the the underrated aspect of the quarterback position is decision-making. I mean, you can talk about all the other things. Decision-making is huge. And he's done an outstanding job. He's not putting the ball in jeopardy. Now, obviously, hasn't thrown a pick. Should have thrown one the other day. They got right. called back. But, no, I mean, and Chip Kelly, you know, you look at the quarterbacks that he had at Oregon, the success he had. Everybody likes to focus about the pace and the running and all this kind of stuff. The guy knows how to scheme it up. I mean, he gets guys open. That that Oakland game where he had seven touchdowns, I mean, there's nobody in the same area code as some of those some of those receivers. Yeah. So I give Chip Kelly credit, but I think he's got a quarterback and Nick Foles is making great decisions and, and, and throwing the ball really well. Is that, in hindsight, do you feel like Chip Kelly, who now is gushing and saying, I hope that this is the quarterback for the next thousand years and all sorts of hyperbole like that, is it, did he come to Philadelphia because he saw Nick Foles there? No. No, I think this is kind of a surprise. He started with Mike Vick. Well, I I don't think that's a crazy question because I think Nick Foles, because Chip Kelly almost took other jobs and then ultimately backed out. I think he must have looked at the assets and said, can I do something with these guys? Well, I think he looked at at what he wanted to do and saw, in my opinion, the most athletic offensive line in the NFL, especially when they were able to draft Lane Johnson to throw him on the other side of Peters, who's an extremely athletic left tackle. Your center, Kelsey, ran sub-five flat. Mathis is one of the better guards in the league. 
Uh, and then Harriman's was a former left tackle that's playing guard. So they have one of the most athletic offensive lines, which you need for Chip Kelly. And then at the time, he looks at it, and he's got Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, uh, Selleck, and then, you know, that's a lot of – and Shady draft McCoy. Ertz. And Shady McCoy. And then you have these draft picks, and they drafted Ertz. I mean, I, they have a perfect pieces to do what he wants to do. The one thing you'd say they maybe didn't have – was that athletic quarterback to add the full Kelly playbook, and that's why I think they started with Michael Vick because he allowed him to do some of those things. And once he went out, you've seen him adapt his offense and and, and make it fit Nick Foles. Let's the have offense. this conversation. I want to have this conversation later. Uh, it, it, you know, uh, elaborate on it a bit more. But what to to you? Who has the brightest future in the NFL team wise? Carolina? Is it Philadelphia? Is it Cleveland with those draft picks coming up that they have? They should be really good. Well, who, who do you look at and say, whether they're having a good year or not this year, but a lot of them are showing glimmers of hope. Like I say, Carolina, even the Browns had a nice little run. I think it sounds I, like an NFL 2020 uh, episode right here, right? Is that what you're going for? I don't know what that means. NFL when, did, 2020? When, did he, when did he wake up? Because we got off college football. We're talking football about NFL, guys. I'm all in. But Chip, Kelly, quarterbacks. Chip, Chip Kelly almost makes him kind of go, because he's still a college coach to black tie his mind. It's still a... a it's a gray 50, area. 50 proposition, yeah. Well, I think, to answer your question, I think Carolina. Just because you have Cam Newton, and I know Nick Foles has been off the charts, and we just talked about how great he's playing, but I think long-term I still am a little bit higher on sure. Cam Newton, yeah. what he can do. And I think you look at the the defense is not close. I mean, the defense in Carolina is far superior to the defense in Philadelphia. You have a quarterback now, in these next couple drafts, we're going to see, hopefully, the Carolina Panthers turn their attention to the offensive side of the ball, get Cam Newton some more weapons. Now you've got a young athletic defense led by Keekley. I mean, look at how great John Beeson's playing with the New York Giants, and he, he was kind of an afterthought. That's how good the, the front seven's been for the Carolina Panthers. So quarterback, defense, and then the upcoming drafts add to the offensive weaponry. I think I'd be higher on Carolina. The thing about Carolina, though, is they've played so well once the expectation level went down, and Ron Rivera was kind of like, eh, whatever, let's just see what happens. And he can kind of coach free and loose because everybody figured he was going to be fired. And then next year they'll go into the season with probably, you know, Super Bowl aspirations similar to what the Falcons had this year. And then I just see – well, here's the question. So he's he's Riverboat Ron, right? That's yeah. what everybody's calling him. If Damashek was a head coach, what would his nickname be? Hmm. Dangerous Dave? Kosher Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But to correlate with your coaching style, I mean, Riverboat Ron, he's an aggressive. Dave. Maybe. I mean, well, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If I were an NFL, if I were an offensive coordinator, it's all screen passes from Damashek. You know, fake plays on uh, on special teams every week, and tons of screen passes. Screen pass Damashek. I don't know what it would be called. How about the Dolphins have have a future? Right? They're they're building towards something good, right? Tannehill, you know, seen some good things there. He's just been so up and down this year. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, even yesterday, he had the first half he was horrible, and the second half he put it together. The team I like is the is the Rams. I think that you look at that ah. team, which is I think already the youngest team in the NFL. They got some talent. They got. Some they're looking picks. at the Redskins. They're, they're, they're looking the at the Redskins, pick. who are about to give them the third pick in the draft, which I don't think Washington was planning on giving up when they when they made that. Although trade. I, I got I got to, I got to jump on that thing because the Rams and I talk about the Rams all the time because the the personnel when you look at them is so good. And I was talking to a buddy with another team, a personnel exec. And I was just saying that. I said, man, they're going to get two first-round picks. Oh, even more. They're just going to have all these wonderful talent. They'll never win any games with any of these guys, but they will have an unbelievably talented roster. On paper, that roster. But it doesn't ever seem to translate into wins. Every week they lose. But, you know, wow, they got all these great – and it's true. When you look at them, they got a lot of players in that team. Now, obviously, the quarterback's yeah. out. You have to figure out what's, what's going on going forward. I still think Sam Bradford, if he can stay healthy – can be the guy, but he's got to stay healthy. And what about and the Cardinals? Yeah, this isn't. I want we'll, we to. We should do this some more uh, later. Uh, but but one last question before you go, because you got to go do your fancy TV talking. Is can you? Is I guess Tom Brady is the answer to this question. Before I ask it, is uh, is there any other team that would implode the way the Packers have? if their quarterback went out, or any other player on their team went out. I mean, the Packers, as I've long suspected, are uh, it is Aaron Rodgers all day, and there there's a lot of junk on that offense otherwise, and now we see it. Is that, could anyone? I mean, the the Broncos wouldn't uh, wouldn't free fall like this if it was Brock I, I Osweiler. Think we saw, I think we saw with Detroit without Calvin Johnson, 
This is a pretty good drop-off. Really? Yes. The wide receivers, yes. so significant that they couldn't sustain. Uh, I know that was a well, bad game they had yeah. without him. But. Offensively, I mean, we've seen them play with. They're not right. the same they're team without the same him team. When you look at what Matt Stafford does, I mean, he's he's not the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Megatron goes and makes incredible catches. Partly hmm. because I think Matt Stafford feels like he can put it just about anywhere and it'll get caught. Before before I leave, I figured out, I know this won't get discussed, especially with Rank here, but just before I leave, I just wanted to throw out 22 of 35, 403 yards, five touchdown passes. Uh, how many beat, picks? Beat, beat a rival. Two picks. How many picks? Okay. Two picks. But uh, uh, anyways, I just thought I'd throw out the stat. No, we won't talk about it. I just want to throw out those well, stats. I'm more Wait. than happy to Peyton talk Manning. about Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning. Can you throw out the game time temperature if you have it there, <laughs> sir? Does it say? I don't know if it says on here. 50 what? Was it 50 something? Yes, oh, it yeah. was in the 50s. Hey, I just got the attendance. I don't know where uh, where to find that. Do we have it on of our great site? Wouldn't. We would have it on NFL.com. I got news I was using NFL.com. Wow. Gosh. I, I'll said, hey, hey, they're going to be fired over here. Hey, can I tell you what I'd sign off on? People always say, why do you want Peyton Manning to do badly? What do I care if he does? I don't care. I have no rooting interest for rank or against has, the rank, guy. Rank has rooting Let me I tell do you not this. have a rooting interest whatsoever. Let me say this to you. You know what I'll sign off on right now? How about we get a Peyton Manning versus Tony Romo Super Bowl? Now, that would be grand. What would be better than watching I'd those? I'd love to see that. Somebody would have to win, but as I've said before, no one ever would. It would just go on forever because neither would come through in the clutch, and the season would just wear on all through summer into the next fall. I think fall. Eric Decker would take over at quarterback at some point. 55 yeah. degrees. Oh, okay. 55. So another... Lastly, DJ. The wind is a four-mile-an-hour wind, though. Four-mile-an-hour wind from the northwest. Yeah, the wind is also Ooh. bad. And, DJ, last thing is uh, I noticed on Twitter you bring this up that Peyton Manning likes to target one guy on the opposing defense. Yep. And Cooper was that guy for the Chiefs on Sunday. You tweeted out, I think he has written down on his wrist, Peyton Manning, kill Cooper. So I made a joke about the Cooper. It was attack. It wasn't kill. It was attack. And you made a joke that it was about 13th in line. About Cooper Manning? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think you got it. I no, thought you yeah, thought no. I was talking about Well, it was, you were the 13th. If you don't I was it, about if you're not to one make of the it. first five people that make right. the same joke, you don't, you don't get it. I was it. about to make it, and then I expanded yeah. the, the tweet, and I was like, oh, I see. He's, he's had that hit, a few got, times. He's got hit with it a couple times. Yeah. But, no, th- that's that's legitimate, by the way. I've been at the at the Manning Passing Academy and sat in when he's talking to the to the college quarterbacks. Rank, you can just take a nap right here while we talk about Peyton Manning. But what he does say, because the college kids were asking him, you know, a bunch of questions throughout the thing. And why uh, is Black Tie swinging his fist? By the way, oh, because he loves that. it. And, uh, and, and there's somebody with a rooting interest. Our number one troll. There you go. There you go. But he He's said he said that he attack rank part, yeah. part of his preparation or whatever on his on his flip wristband that he wears. He'll have notes to himself on there, and some of which you will can be, do it like that kind of stuff. Oh, you, no, no, no. Oh, come on. No, it'll just be like you know. Don't you know? Get like, it might even just be like get you know get eighty seven involved early. You know, uh-huh. something like that. But he also he also huh. said. There's certain routes, you know, on the route. He might even have a little note next to it that says attack, you know, 31 or 30. Like, they're going to run a double move. He knows which corner is going to be the more likely to bite on it. Mm. That's the guy I'm going to go at. And if he said there's, a, there's you know, you're at three wideouts on the field, this is their worst corner, he might make a little reminder. You know, hey, this is – so I'm just – what I tweeted out was I guarantee it was in bold letters to attack Cooper because it was relentless. He went after that kid the whole game. Who's he going after this week, and should I start Eric Decker? Let's get a practical four, four, use out of four, this. Four, four touchdowns? Yeah, man. I think you probably start the guy that scored four touchdowns the week before. So who now they, he's going to – so Who do they play do those, this week, do those, I'm do, trying to finish up. They play the, the, they play the Titans this do week. Do those points yeah. carry over to the following week in fantasy? Well, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they should. Does Eric Decker start I have, with four I, touchdowns? By the way, I can't even talk about Rank's fantasy. Ranks wristbands my whole attack season, everyone today. My whole season <laughs> comes down to – Rank is a fantasy guy. My season comes down that I have a four-point lead. Okay. I have to make the playoffs. Oh, this this is we're the recording have, just before kickoff have, of have, Monday night. So you tell me if I win. Okay. okay. So I have a four-point lead. I'll tell lead. you what I tell everybody on Twitter. Yes. Okay, thank Whatever you. you need, you're going to get it. I have Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Oh, okay. He has Pierre Thomas. Oh, boy. And oh. I got a, but I got a four-point Oh, buffer. come on. Oh, you of got, course you're going to win. You're up by four? I'm up four. Yeah, I think you're You're safe. in good shape. By the way, I was tormented on the You're going to say it. It doesn't matter. Media. Like I said, whoever Every, I would have said. You're, you, oh, you're fine. Every Monday tweet. Hey, do you I, think I get 56 from I got, Jimmy Graham? Yes. I traded two weeks ago. I, traded <laughs> I got the, Travaris Cadet. He's got Marshawn. Oh, you're, you're fine. In. You're, you're fine. good, DJ, man. you got to go. So go out. You can listen to me as I talk. This is a sad tale that I'll spin. I. It's a, a short one. 
to, uh, two Fridays ago, just before Josh Gordon had the massive game he had in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know a week and a half before he had another massive game in a row against Jacksonville, I traded him away to Sporty Simmons. Oh no, we made it. We made a deal, a blockbuster. I needed a running back, you see, mm-hmm. so I traded Josh Gordon for Levy and Bell. Oh my gosh. And I've been I've been tormented in public. Why didn't you in tweet public. me? Yes, it was to taunt me, to humiliate me. Why don't you? You could have asked me. I asked every fantasy guy in the halls of the NFL that day, and I told you to do it. Every single person. No, you weren't here that day. But everybody I spoke with said, "Yeah, make that deal." I feel that Levy and Belford, Josh Gordon, who, guys here at, at for NFL Fantasy Life, Michael Fabiano, oh my, Marcus gosh. Grant, no. John Uhas. No. Greg Rosenthal. No. Chris Wessling. Who are these all guys? All fantasy experts, supposedly. Josh Gordon is the number two receiver in fantasy I football. know what he is now. I didn't know when I – I knew he was good, but I needed a running back. It wasn't as though it was insane. Or you can't trade Calvin Johnson. It wasn't the, uh, the equal of that at the time I made it. You watch Steelers games more than anybody. And that was what? also part of it, too, was the Steelers and Browns were about to play one another, and I figured it's always better to have a Steeler over a Brown. Of course. I mean, that's fair. That I mean, makes sense. Well, that's, that's reasonable. Fantasy should be fun. I don't get I, – I hate when people get too upset well, about that. Well, it's not it's, fun now. No, not at all. All right, Black Tie, what do you say? What do you want to do here? Well, I had a week 13 blacklist, but you guys went so long in college football, I just don't know if we have any more time left, guys. Just that's get, good. Handsome Hank has barely gotten to speak. He doesn't care much about – or he cares about college football, but he he's, I feel like he's enjoying himself. I, I'm having a great time. Don't worry about me. All right, I know I'm not like, the body language expert of black tie, but I feel that I can read Hank pretty well, and I think he's having fun. Here we go. We'll see if we get one, two, or three in. Let's get to it, though, the blacklist. The Blacklist. Black Tide reads current events. The Blacklist. Damn a shake and wake if they're coming. The Blacklist. The Blacklist. All right, guys. We'll go two topics here. Okay. First up, real quick. Who is the more legitimate title contender? The Carolina Panthers, who have won eight games in a row. Or the Chiefs, who have lost three in a row. But mm. in a weird sense, I'm not a big Alex Smith guy, but I feel like during their three-game losing streak, they've actually proven more to me. Because that offense has gotten going. Handsome Hank, um, you start. I I would say of those two teams, I like the Carolina Panthers more. I think they're built for success in December, January, and even the first weekend of February. Yeah, I'll tell you, they're grinding everybody uh, defensively. Nobody is going out there and just putting a big number right. on them no matter what. So obviously you're in every game. Cam Newton can make one special or two special plays a game. And, I mean, their liability is always – the lack of weapons for Cam right. Newton to use. But if they can just cobble it together with D'Angelo Williams. By the way, Mike Tolbert is flat out fat. I don't know. I mean, yep. the, the, he should be an inspiration to plus He's size husky. fellows everywhere. He's got a pot belly. I mean, they're, they're, guy, they're obviously nose tackles that are heavy set fe- uh, fellas. But Mike Tolbert runs with the football and, and runs over NFL football players. And he has a pot belly. Either way, Brandon LaFell is coming on. Ted Ginn Jr. is actually He's making contributions. Greg Olson, I think, is a weapon at, at tight end. They seem, it They're seems interesting, like, yeah. seems like compared to other years, they will, on any given day, even if Steve Smith doesn't show up or is double, triple covered, uh, two of their other guys will show up and have, have a good enough game for them to get a win. And also, I think the other takeaway from Sunday is I agree with uh, with what Black Tie saying. They look good, I thought, on uh, watching that game. And keep in mind, there was no Houston. You had a limited Tali, so they so they didn't so they didn't play the same style of pass coverage they otherwise might have. I listen. I typically say the the old cliche goes like, "Wow, it's hard to beat the same team three times." If you have to see them again in January after you beat them twice, boy, that's really tough to do it three times in the same season. You know what's tougher to lose to and then beat that team that's already established right. that they own you to beat them the third time. In this case, though, I would take the Chiefs if it's cold out. If it's cold in Mile High, I'll take the Chiefs to to be able to learn the lessons that they've learned over the last right. one twenty and uh, and beat them. Is there any more? Is there any player more undervalued in the NFL? than Jamal Charles. I just feel yeah, like in this point. era with Adrian Peterson and everyone loves AP and, and rightly so or AD if you prefer 
Um, but Jamal Charles is just no one really gives him much of a second thought. He must he's an elite running back. He's fantastic. Oh, listen, you're absolutely right. Dwayne Bow, like we've talked about, Dwayne Bow is a good receiver. He's not a legitimate number one great wide receiver, and he's the only one they have. They have no one. Right. Dexter Dexter McCluster is a is a hybrid running back uh, slash pass catcher, I guess. We saw Donnie Avery drop multiple passes. A.J. Jenkins, who they gave away, who they got from John Ball. They have nothing, basically. No. Yeah, they're, they're, they're junk. Yes, Rank. Your thoughts? I think that <laughs> Alex Smith and Andy Reid must be pleased that they finally proved something to Black Tie. I think that was what they're probably talking about in the locker room going forward, but the one other thing, you talked about the drop passes. You look at who Alex Smith is. There were so many times that Alex Smith was throwing perfect passes during that game, and they were just dropping him, flat out dropping the ball. But I do like, as you said, the easier road in the AFC because the Panthers are going to have to go. They're going to get their chance against New Orleans, and they'll be able to prove whether they can beat them or not. But then you also have Seattle having to go on the road to beat Seattle. Where I look at Kansas City – there's not really like a juggernaut. There's not like a team in the AFC where I think is undoubtedly better than everybody. New England has its flaws. Uh, any team that's – the Bengals. There is do, no truly dynamite, dynamite team, team in the AFC. Well, a lot of people would argue that obviously the Broncos are that given what they've <laughs> done on. so far. But, uh, you know, listen, cynical or otherwise jaded, I do feel like Peyton Manning has shown me enough that I, d- I have to be suspect of what they're going to do come January. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know just, why it's, it's crazy to say that. But, but Dave, you're, the, the biggest problem there is you're basing it on facts and history, which I, I think throws a lot I of people off. I otherwise would obviously think that's the, the one team that's not going to lose come January, except that, the, you know, he's 9-11 in the postseason. But that's old news. All right, black tie, yes. One All more. right, one more. As you guys, DJ, alluded to earlier, a lot of uh, ESPN ran a little montage of the reactions to the Bama and uh, Urban game, Well, which we all agree that's probably fake. But I have a question for you guys. What's the most memorable finisher game you remember watching this? And tell us a story where you were, what you were doing, why why it was so exciting. Rank. Is it football or any sport? Any sport. sport. I'm still going to – you know, I'll stick with uh, with football here, and I'll go back to the Boise State game that we were talking about. And I used to cover college football, so – and I was somebody, obviously, if you listen to this podcast at any great length, you know that I will be backing the West Coast-ish – teams, teams that play on this side of the country. <laughs> I haven't noticed that. Who are a smaller school. So, of course, you know, I have a lot invested in in, uh, in Boise State, and they're finally getting their chance in a BCS bowl game. And, of course, you know, I'm talking, and I'm getting flamed by all the SEC honks and all the Big 12 honks who don't believe Boise State belongs in this game. And, of course, Boise State goes up huge, and then everything starts unfolding the way it is. They go behind. And I'm losing my mind. Like, I might as well have been a Boise State fan, and I'm losing my mind, and I'm upset. And I feel like the game is over. If you guys remember, that, you know, they're mm-hmm. coming back, and then they did the hook and ladder. Is it hook and ladder or hook and lateral? Whatever you prefer to call that play. And it happens. And I remember screaming out, just go for two, kind of like what Brady Hoke did this weekend. Like, go for two. You have Oklahoma on their heels. Do not go. Do not go into overtime with these guys. They have Adrian Peterson. You cannot stop. But then they went, and they tied it up. And then they went for, you know, and, of course, the Oklahoma gets the ball and they score in two plays, Adrian Peterson. And I'm now not watching this game. On, I'm listening to it because I'm around the corner listening to it in my hallway. And then they score and they go to tie up and they're like, they're going for two. And, of course, my wife, Rosie McGee, was sitting there going like, you called for this. You cannot be upset if they don't make it. And, of course, Boise State makes it and goes off. And then, you know, it's funny. Statue of Liberty, too. Statue of Liberty. And not one of those SEC or Big 12 Flames trolls or whatever you want to call them. None of them responded. I I never heard from them again. (laughs) Um, I would go with, for me, I've said this story before. I'll make it brief. Uh, Game one, 1992, Stanley Cup finals, Pittsburgh Penguins. The high flying bunch looking for their second straight cup, going against uh, up against the defensively stout Chicago Blackhawks, winners of I believe nine straight or ten straight games going into the series. They came in, they took an early lead, three nothing, and then four one. The Penguins rally back, and with eleven seconds left in regulation on a draw, 
They uh, in the uh, in the Blackhawk zone. Ronnie Francis, future Hall of Famer, wins the draw back to future Hall of Famer Larry Murphy, who flips the puck at the goal. Eddie Belfour makes the save, but he kicks out a juicy rebound. Sixty-six Lemieux, the greatest to ever play, certainly the most clutch to ever play. The game swoops in buries it into the back of the net. I was there in the igloo that night, and as I've said, it looked like 17,000 people jumped up off their feet, did somersaults in the air, and landed back on the ground. <laughs> it was mayhem in the most glorious way. Mike, I could barely make it all out, though, from the uh, from the, the, the tears welled in my eyes. It was magical, and I, I doubt anyone will. I mean, like it must have been the Kirk Gibson home run or any of those series-ending home runs. To see the game's best, the guy who you love, and you hope anybody comes through in the clutch, but then your guy does it, it'll never be more satisfying. Handsome Hank, I'll say you. That's a, that's a fantastic story, Dave. Uh, I think the most memorable one for me is not that I was particularly invested in either of the two teams in it, but Super Bowl twenty five when Scott Norwood pushed that field goal wide right. I was I can remember exactly the moment, and it bear in mind that this is happening at three forty five a.m. in the UK. I was uh, I'm trying to think how old I would have been. You would have been a teenager. I was, I was like a teenager. Oh. No, I was a teenager. And it was 3.45 in the morning, and I can just remember thinking this is insane, especially given all the Super Bowls I'd watched up until that point, which were blowouts, and you're thinking, well, I'm watching this, and it's 3.45 in the morning, and I'm probably going to go to school tomorrow morning, but still, here I am. I'm still sticking with it, and that was a uh, maybe not the best finish I've ever watched, but certainly the most memorable. I feel like it's funny you say that, because I've mentioned uh, before, what was the... I, I just recently... Because of you know uh, de- you know you have the kids and you're moving and everything you don't get to sit and watch every single game whenever you want to so often you're relegated to the radio and catching it right. that way and I, I it occurred to me boy this is a nice way to see oh, it. you know everything with TiVo I know it's, I'm pining and I, ultimately I prefer 2013 technology I prefer having DVR games and having every game that I want to see available to me but there was a certain charm that we've now lost of listening to it and and you, the owner that you would take from it. I imagine being a kid in, in England and knowing that virtually no one in, in your nation was watching that game and to be awake at 345 yeah. and looking at it makes uh, makes you, it, it forms a, a bond with you in the sport right. now. Right? Well, there's definitely that, but I mean, the other part of it, and anyone who's listening to this from the UK and of a certain age will remember this, They were, at one point they would play the best game from the week prior, so it was great. You'd watch a good hmm. game every week and it would be kind of cut down so it was pretty much digestible but if like me you wanted to listen to an actual game you'd have to tune into because there were a bunch of european based and uk based um uh, u.s um uh, air bases you know where where um u.s army and troops mm-hmm. were you could pick up if you literally and i'm really not kidding if you lent out the window and tuned your radio right you could listen to the armed forces network so that's how i would listen to a bunch of games was pretty much hanging out of my bedroom window at home with the antenna of my radio up and whatever and it would come in and out and then suddenly you'd get you it would cross over with like a spanish music <laughs> station and you'd have this opera singer coming through but you would get the games and it was magical to, that that to me was the best was Those listening are, to a, real live sport that was so far away and I used, and you had to work for it when the penguins won their first stanley cup i used to have to go i was in bloomington indiana there was obviously no one watching those games right. around there i had to find a place that had a satellite dish in a bar and they would turn it on one TV for me and people would bellyache and I would sit there and I remember once a uh, the maitre d' had to come over and tell me that I needed to quiet down a little bit because <laughs> other patrons were distracted. I honestly didn't realize I was even making noise. I thought I was in, in, dead silent. But yeah, and, and staying awake and listening. I remember the great Mike Lang, the play-by-play man on the radio for the Penguins. He used to say when it would go on the rare occasions that the Penguins would play on the West Coast and and it would be mid, you know, the games would start at 1030 Eastern time. So you uh, that was too late for me in school time. You know, I had to go to bed, of course, but I would turn on the radio and Mike Lang knew I had the radio on. And as the it would approach 1157, 1158, he'd say, turn down the radio a little bit as midnight would strike. He would say, turn down the radio, everybody. Don't let mom and dad hear you're listening to the game right now. <laughs> but right now you're officially a member of the Night Owl Club. And oh, that was cool. that was, that was yeah, the greatest. Cool. That's something that no one will ever have. Anyway, I'm surprised, no. though, but listening to Armed Forces Radio, I'm surprised you didn't become a Cowboys fan because I would assume 
Now, you heard a lot of Cowboys games. I had a bunch games. of Cowboys games, but, I mean, it, you know, it, just being able to listen to... You know what I used to do? This is this uh, tells you how weird I was as a, as a, like, early teenager or even before that. I would actually record the games on cassette and listen back to them again later in the week because I wanted to relive the so magic of, uh, of Neil Lomax against the Cowboys. Black time. Oh, Neil Lomax. Forgotten in history, but not, uh, go, not give, by me. I loved it. I, like, I thought he was like very Neil good. Lomax. Tell that story when you become commissioner. I hey, uh, Black Tie, how say you? You got one? Hank, you must have been such an outcast, an outlier as a kid growing up. Staying up to 345 to watch American football. What a weirdo. Either way. <laughs> Thanks, I'm glad you put that, that I actually, emphasis on that one. Guest. I used to do that for the NBA games. I would stay up to about three and watch the games. I take it way back to 99. As a Champions League Manchester United fan, Champions League final, United playing Bayern Munich, they're down 1-0. I know, Hank, you definitely remember this. It's like 90th minute in the game. Teddy Sheridan from a David Beckham cross. He equalizes 1-1. One minute later, exact same thing, David Beckham cross. All the Golden Solskjaer scores at 2-1, end of the game. By far, I remember where I was. I was at home watching with my sister. By far, the the craziest ending to a sports game ever, to this day. And that was in 99, and I was about 11 years old. To this day, biggest, biggest sports moment for me. Boy, I see. that's uh, Those things, and it's funny that they all seem to go back to that thing of, uh, of feeling as though you're – you won't outside, it. yeah. yeah. It's, if to me, yeah, I, I I get a little sick feeling in my belly almost when I see. Oh, everybody's like this. Everybody's yeah, yeah. Cra- football crazy. I, I it, it takes a little something away when I when you're in L.A. It's a funny thing after the games end at one p.m. or four p.m. If you're in your car, you'll you'll drive down the street and you'll see a bunch of guys between the ages of you know twenty and. 58 walking down streets in football jerseys and you feel like it's not it's not as special as it used to be right. used to it used to be a little bit uh, more fun because you felt like i uh you know I, i've made a greater commitment than most of the people out there have to supporting my team anyway all right enough about that all right so let's wrap it up there black tie is that enough i think there's much else to do here but call it a day Thank you. Don't forget, though, to cut up the uh, the the new Steve Smith sound. We got to get those new drops going in there. And also, Heath Evans mentioning Adam Rank is the one colleague who he who he shudders when he sees him walk into our room. <laughs> That's another drop we have to have. It's also a good one. All I right, don't, I don't have a song, but I get that. <laughs> <laughs> that replaces the song. That's speaking of which, yeah, we got to figure out one for Jeremiah too. We got to yeah. get him a new song. Oh, him and I were making eye contact during your song and your song. Everybody's got a song. <laughs> you have a song. It's just you outmoded. Have a song you don't like it anymore. You're not fat anymore. It doesn't make any sense to play a song about how you love to eat gravy fries when you don't eat gravy fries. Well, I still feel fat. I don't know what that means. <laughs> All right, Michael Tolbert. Um, what if? We'll figure out a new song for you. All right, listen. Black Tie, Daniel Jeremiah, Handsome Hank, Adam Rank, and you, the listener. Thanks so much. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. In the meantime, though, thanks so much. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. 
In a clinical trial, SmileActive's users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to SmileActives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.